Maybe you were stuck in a job that you hated and you decided you could do it better than the boss. Or you had that eureka moment and created something that wasn't on the market. Of course, it could have been that you decided that the time was just right to go out on your own. I'm Jonathan Healy and this week we talk about starting your own business. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB, building your business with premium Apple solutions. CompuB.com. And on this week's Red Business, we're focusing on starting a business. Probably the most daunting thing you're going to do. Maybe it's not your first rodeo, you've done it before and you've got an experience. So we'll hear from a panel of people who are at various different stages of their business. But to begin, we kind of had to go to the daddy of them all, the Cork entrepreneur who people always look to for advice, who will hold up as the guy who did it and did it right. Pat Phelan, how are you? I'm good, how are you? No pressure now that I've built you up, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk about starting out first of all. What was your first business and how long ago was it? Uh, the first business was a, a recruitment agency. Uh, myself and this guy, Jim Ryan. We both worked in Tasted Island and uh, we were chefs and we couldn't get staff. The same as today. It, it's quite difficult to get chefs, etc. And uh, we opened a recruitment agency here and we brought people from overseas to work in Ireland. And it kind of started uh, it started a chain of events because everything from there has been to here. So from there, we went to call centers where the people who came could make phone calls home. From there, we went to phone cards so the people could call home. And from there, we went to internet cafes. And from there, because I was traveling so much, I went to Cubic Telecom and roaming. And from there, came to here, trust of, and now TransUnion. It's funny because you could, I could almost date every single thing you said there by a key point of what you said. Things like call cards to call home. I mean, how long have you been on the go? I've been, I, I, I've been self-employed uh, probably this century, most of this century. So 17 years, 18 years. Um, you know, sometimes I had a job in the background to... <laughs> Keep the wolf from the Which door. Which you were paying full attention to and were giving due diligence to. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's been an incredible, you know, I, I, I stopped drinking. I think it's a well-known story. I stopped drinking on uh, New Year's Eve uh, of the last decade. So, and uh, whatever happened, I got a bit of a break and found out I was entrepreneurial. And it started from there. It was like throwing off shackles and off we went. How daunting was it doing it, though? Because, as I said, you, you started your various different enterprises, but you know when you made that leap, when you said, well, maybe we should do the call centre or maybe we should do the recruitment agency, I mean, looking back at it now, were you, were you too quick to jump in or did you jump at the right time? I probably jumped at the right time, looking back, but what, what's interesting about it is, is this research piece, and people don't do enough of that. So anything I jumped into, I'd done extraordinary research. Uh, my wife would tell you books of research, and they're, they're still somewhere. But, you know, I, I do an extraordinary amount of research, and especially now, you know, that was probably on dial-up internet or something. Took a long time. Took a long time. Yeah. But, but now, now everybody has everything on the tablet. So I do an extraordinary amount of research on any project I'm looking at. I, I invest in a couple of companies. Um, but any particular vertical I look at, I do, I, I do a lot of, I, I have two rules. I do a lot of research 
and B, it must be um, a global business. And you wouldn't have started thinking globally, but was that always your ambition? Did you always say, right, once I get to this stage, then, to borrow Delboy's phrase, tomorrow, Rodney, we'll be millionaires? I wanted to be the king of McCurtain Street. <laughs> Starting there. I remember we opened the first shop in McCurtain Street, and there was a guy called Martin Gannon, and it was a tiny little place uh, on, on, on the left-hand side of McCurtain Street. Like, I mean, you couldn't believe how small it was, and we made 20 cents the first day on, off internet, one customer, and, uh, you know, we thought, well, hey, we're in right trouble here, but you had to stick with it, and, and that was kind of, you know, I, I remember, you know, Michael Ryan from Isaacs, Philip from the Shelburne, Anthony from Dan Lowry's, and we were all like a little waving, Patsy from the Kirk Arms, we'd wave and look after each other, etc. And from there, it just said, you know, you start thinking, okay, let's open and let's open, let's open. All of a sudden, you, you know, you have your hands on something that's really big, and then you need to, it, it's where most people fail. You need to see that you need people better than yourself very early. I was able to bring in people and surround myself, you know, and even with Trusted, you know, bring in guys like DC, Jason Ryan, Karen Sexton, you know, guys that were bigger guys than me that had a good knowledge of what was required and were able to do their jobs. Now, the funny thing is, if, if the guys are better than you, how come you're the fellow who's running the business? But you always hire better. If you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in major trouble. <laughs> I always, I, I'd consider myself a kind of a C plus, and my goal is to hire A plus all the time. I'll hire people who are way smarter than me. I'll always aim for the best person I can absolutely get. And what's wrong with being the smartest guy in the room? Because everybody likes to big themselves up. I mean, if they have the idea, if it is their company, then shouldn't they at least be close to it? Well, operationally, the problem, the problem with that is if you're the smartest guy in the room today, the first week in September, you'll still be the smartest guy in 2018, September, and then your business will be in exactly the same place. So what, what, what you do, in my opinion, and what's worked for me all the time, is surround myself with amazing people and enable them and empower them to come up with amazing ideas. And they'll take you, in way, they'll take you in, to places that you mightn't have seen. No, it's your company, you're the boss, etc. But at the end of the day, I think, I think that empowerment of, of employees is really important. Let's go back to the year 2000. Why, why did you choose to stop drinking? Ah, look, I, I, I had a wife and two young kids, and it was horrific. You know what I mean? It, 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 uh, I watched that, you know, that alcoholic movie that your man wrote about Limerick, and that's exactly the way it was. It rained every day. Angela's including ashes. Angela's ashes. It rained every day, including July. You know, it rained in your head, and everything was dark, and everything was unhappy, and I just had enough of it. And, I was drink clouding your business judgment. I never had a business judgment at that stage. It was just gammy jobs trying to make a living and put food on the table and put enough drink in my belly. And, you know, it, it, it clouded my judgment in everything. And when you'd made that decision, how quickly did the mind start to clear? How, how soon was it before you saw the open road? Probably six months. And everything kind of, everything settled. And, you know, the thing I'd find with it, I went to AA, you know. That, that was what worked for me. And probably the first two years were fine and kind of mad, you know, trying to fix yourself. And uh, 
but after that there was a kind of a clarity and uh, I, I, I think what happened as well is you know when you've been as low as a snake's belly you know everything else is upwards and this 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 the world just opened up to me very quickly and I remember there was a guy I was, I was writing a blog to try to talk to people about business and uh, a guy said you know what you should do really is tell your own story because people might like it I was very nervous about it and I wrote the story about starting the first business and getting sober and and it worked you know and I, I, I've always been very open about alcoholism you know it, it, it ruined my life for a number of years and you know it probably held us all back you know when did you first realize that you were onto something? Like, tre- when did Trustev begin? Uh, Trustev started about five and a half years ago, and so you've done a lot in between. Oh yeah, absolutely. Two thousand. We've had then. very success, very varied successes. Um, but um, Trustev started about five and a half years ago, myself and Chris Kennedy, and. Uh, Fraud was become internet transactions. You know, were, were 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 growing rapidly at that stage, and nobody knew who owned a credit card. And I thought this this could be. I think this is going to get bigger. Well, t- tell me about the light bulb moment that you had, because okay. you know there you, you there you were, ambition to be the king in Curtain Street, spotted a gap. So how how did you spot the gap, and who did you go to to talk to about the gap? I spotted a gap in the market, so I I, I thought. Fraud is going to be huge. The first person I went and spoke to was a guy called Colm Line, who sold his company last year for 100 million, Relex. And I said to Colm, are, are you seeing a lot of this internet fraud? He said, I am, but we have no losses because the loss always sits with the merchant. So if you are an e-commerce merchant, if you sell something online, 100% of the risk is with you. And the card is in presence, so it means there's no guarantee you're getting paid. So then I made it my business to go research this business and uh, I spoke to a lot of the platform providers, spoke to a lot of payment gateways and I thought, and then I started doing the research on what was expected of internet commerce transactions, you know, a trillion bucks by X and you're thinking, this is really big, it's global and... You you saw the few extra zeros. Exactly, exactly. And the people are now, you know... People now don't care where they are. So I ordered something from the U.S. on my mobile last night in seconds. It'll be delivered to New York when I'm home. You know, so there's there's global commerce piece, and I just thought, these guys are going to need to be protected. So now we protect banks. We protect the largest e-commerce companies in the world, the biggest gift card companies in the world, the largest payment gateways, gaming, gambling, dating, etc. All, all of whom needed this service that you yes. could provide. And when you made the point earlier about you know, not being the smartest guy in the room and how important that is, Pat Phelan would never have been able to come up with the algorithms or come up with the technology or come up with the basic... You came up with the idea, but not, arguably not the concept. Exactly. Is that, is that why it was so successful? Particularly true. See, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at my core a salesman. That's my particular skills. Probably a bit of an influencer, but, you know, mostly a sales guy. And I, I, can, see, I can see stuff pretty easily in my head. I can see product and development pretty well as well. But, you know, I had to hire guys like Dermatoma, who's our head of fraud and still is, you know, who came from Facebook. Uh, Jason Ryan, who's uh, our head of engineering, who still is, you know, and and you to hire these guys and and Chris Kennedy, who was my co-founder, yeah, who's my co-founder, very luckily, and Chris is um, a software engineer, and I had to explain to Chris 
what we should do, and then you've got to bring in the smart people and say, okay, here's how we could do it, you know, and it's still on that journey, even though it's sold now 20 months, um, it's still on that journey, you know. And then selling it. I mean, every probably, it, you know, everyone will say, oh, this is my passion, this is what it's about. A lot of people will, will set up a company, and if the time is ever right, they will sell it. Was it difficult? I know you're still involved, but was it difficult to sell it, given that you'd invested so much in it? No, it was very undifficult, actually. Um, I, I, I didn't have a problem with it. Um, we raised venture capital, and venture capital means that there's some type of a, a payment exercise in the future. Venture capitalists invest money to get a return on the money for their LLPs. Because they trust that you have done something good. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and plus the other part is with, with TransUnion, what's amazing about TransUnion is they have this, um, you know, they're one of the three credit bureaus in the US. So now we have all the human information, which we never had, and we mix that with the technical information, and now you can make better decisions. Um, when you, when you take stock, I mean, I know I'm talking to you in Cork, you're going back to New York tomorrow, God knows where you'll be in a month's time. Your Twitter feed is a constant source of, of entertainment as to, you know, where's Pat going to turn up today? But do you have to pinch yourself occasionally from that guy who started out in that restaurant as to where you are now? And, and you know, when you do pinch yourself, how does it feel? It's pretty insane, you know. I, I drove up here this morning in a pretty new 6 Series BMW. 17 years ago when I walked up Patrick's Hill to that AA meeting, there was no car. And the first car was a Fiat Uno, where we used to have to put beer mats to stop the windows going down the front. And, you know, that journey has been in an extraordinary short length of time. You know, and without family, without friends, without support, without the team, you'd, you'd, you'd have been gone. But it's like I pinch myself every day. I, I realize... I realise how, how, you know, people said there's no luck. There's absolute luck. You know, we were, we were everywhere in timing. You know, when Liam Casey bumped into one of the EVPs at, at TransUnion on a flight and mentioned us, and then Liam mentioned us to the founder or the CEO of Radio Shack, and we'd done their fraud, and then we came together to do a project. You know, it, you, you have to have these, these like... They're like people who light a flame in your life, like Liam and like Column Line and, you know, guys who are just creators can actually see, well, if I introduced A to yeah. B, there could be really good things happened and I don't want anything for it. And, you know, they do exist, but I suppose people will spend a lot of time looking for them. The one thing I'm going to say is, is there'll be people listening to this who probably haven't been as lucky. Uh, and, you know, there'll be people who, who will have had dark days in the past, Pat, as you did, yeah. who will have dark days in the future. When you have the dark day, what advice would you give them in terms of their startup and their business? I, I think you have to wait. That's the key part for me, you know. Don't give up before it happens because there were so many times in, in these 17 years where I just want to go, you know, that's enough now, or I've had enough, or I'm in trouble, or, you know, the banker want to repossess the house or, or you know you're just under pressure and there's always a way out and don't don't ever think there isn't there always is you know i i've had this hasn't you know what i mean we're, we're, we're doing the glossy story today there has been you know what i mean i opened a restaurant in the grand parade and lost my butt on it there's that kind of story as well 
and you know it didn't always go amazing but what did you learn from them what did you take from those mistakes that inevitably happened in everyone's career never give up just keep going keep going there's no good there's no good not opening the doors there's no good not going to work there's no good sitting at home at the kitchen table crying like i i've done well out of this i've made a few quid i have a great team i have a great family i'm very lucky I'll do 100 hours this week, without a doubt. You know what I mean? It's flight to the West Coast tomorrow morning. You know, this is this is enjoyable, but effort. I, I see the people that are super successful, and I see I see people looking at them with envy, and I see the people who are super successful working so hard. Looking at the other people who aren't working as hard with a bit of envy as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Is the balance somewhere in the middle? Balance is hard. The balance is really hard. Yeah. Um, and and where does this all end, Pat? I mean, you're still a young man. You're what? What are you? Fifty? I'm going to open a chain of donut shops in Cork. I heard there's huge <laughs> openings. <laughs> you want to get moving on that quickly, you know? But is there a time when you're going to say, right, that's it? Pat Phelan has done his bit. I'm happy. I can look back. I've made my money. I'm comfortable. I don't need to do 100 hours a week anymore. I don't know. I've tried everything. You know, there's a set of golf clubs in the river down near Middleton somewhere. <laughs> and that was after the first outing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They didn't quite take to it. But, I mean, you've lost it all the way. I mean, you, you're, you've, what, lost a couple of stone? Oh, three stone. But I, I, I'm back training. I feel good. Uh, I'm in this kind of, I, I suppose I'm in this personal reinvention piece at the moment. Yeah. You know, trying to get fit, look different, change my life a bit. Midlife crisis? Could be, could be. I didn't buy the Porsche, thanks be to God. <laughs> um, but uh, look, uh, like at the, end, at the end of the day, I'm 52. I've had a brilliant time. Uh, I think there's plenty more to do. I'd love to do something in Cork. I'd love to do something for the city. I, 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 I think, you know, I, I, I look at what DC is doing at Republic of Work. I think it's, it, it's as much... Um, it's as much for the city as it is entrepreneurial and I think you know I look at the city and I think there could be so much more done and you kind of like I'm really terrible at politics um, but I think there could be so much more done that sounds like a fellow who might be tempted at some point uh, listen, you know, I, I don't think I'd have the patience. <laughs> well, anyway, you had to have the patience to stay and talk to us today. Pat Phelan, uh, thank you so much for taking your time. Best of luck to you. Thanks a lot. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB Business. Improving productivity with the latest Apple technology. CompuB.com. And on Red Business this week, we are talking about starting a business. Now, every business that's out there had to start somewhere. There were difficult births, there were easy births, but all those businesses that you deal with on a daily basis were all born at one point. And on our panel, we're going to go through the pitfalls, we're going to go through the successes, the highs, the lows that every business has to go through before it can be considered even close to being a success. So on the panel today, we have a man who has launched a thousand ships uh, in the world of business, Eamon Curtin, who's the director of the Ignite programme at University College Cork. We have Susie Horgan, who is the owner of Springboard PR and Marketing. And we have Kevin Kennedy, the owner of CrossFit Cork and also a new dairy. Uh, you're all very welcome to Red Business and thank you very much for joining us. 
Thank you. Thank you, John. Um, Eamon, I'm going to talk to you first of all. How many businesses have passed through Ignite at this point? And you might explain to people who don't know about Ignite what it is. Uh, yes, well, Ignite is a programme specifically designed to help recent graduates take a, a business idea and turn it into a commercially viable business. Um, the programme launched in 2011. Uh, every year since then, we've taken on 10 startups that are led by recent graduates. Um, so we've worked with 70 businesses at this point in time. Uh, we'll be uh, launching our eighth programme uh, at late September. Um, and those businesses uh, have come from a, a wide range of different areas. Um, Anabiotechnologies, for example, uh, has developed some technology around using uh, protein gels as an encapsulant for foods and drugs. Um, uh, and Pundit Arena is a sports media website, and they're just two to give some example of the, the different the breadth of the businesses we work with. And the people that you're dealing with, they're students for the most part. They're just graduates. But you have this entrepreneurship. I remember saying to somebody recently, the attitude 20 years ago when I came out of college was, we've educated you, now shag off. Uh, it's it's a little different now. Yeah, I think it's, it's very different. Um, probably the view I would have is, is that the, the doors of the university are far wider open today than they were before. We're very, getting a far greater diversity of students coming in. And those students are looking for a far greater diversity of career opportunities. So many, many students um, start, and from a very early stage, their ambition is to, to run their own business, to start a business and, and to provide employment for their, um, I suppose, their, their student bodies. And you know Kevin as well? Yeah, I, I, in fact, I probably met Kevin first maybe seven or eight years ago. No, no pressure. Kevin is slightly anxious now that we've mentioned go. his name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and at the time, I was running a start your own business courses for the, the local enterprise offices of the city and county enterprise boards as they were then. And, and uh, I think at that point in time, Kevin was, was launching CrossFit or was maybe early on. Uh, and more recently, we've connected um, as he's in college and he's developing Anu Dairy. Um, and uh, we've, we've supported him a little bit on what he's doing there and maybe hopefully he'll, he'll come join Ignite once he gr finishes. Well, there's an invitation. You have it on tape now, um, Kevin. It's, it has been formally said. Now, you, this isn't your first rodeo. Let's put it that way. You, you've been involved in different areas of business. Talk us through your career, I suppose, since you started working. Sure. Well, I, I would have. I travelled to the states back in 2000, um, and I was out there working during the summer, uh, and I saw the whole rise of the pizza slice and the smoothie bar. So when I came back to Ireland, um, I. I kind of set up a small place down on the Strand in Tremor, a small pizzeria, and started talking about smoothies and what smoothies were. Um, you know, they, people didn't really understand what a smoothie was back then. And I, I ran that for about two years. But my family is in construction, and at that point, the construction boom was really starting to kick in. So I kind of got drawn back into construction. So I closed down the, the pizza business, went into the construction business that my family were involved in, set up my own gig, got a, a job with McInerney's, actually, McInerney's Construction. I uh, got a contract with them putting up um, internal finishes to houses and ran that business for about eight years and I moved into different areas in that business. I moved into external insulation systems towards the end of where I was. I finished that in 2007. And Th then the unpleasantness happened which meant you couldn't stay in construction. Yeah, I was actually getting out of it around the, around the time that it was... Um, I got out just before it went bust which I think was, was lucky. Um, I had a bit of, you know, I was a bit, we were trying to put in these systems with the installation systems and we weren't getting anywhere. And I was getting a bit tired of the, of the whole industry. So I decided to, to take a change. I went and lived in China for six months doing Kung Fu um, and came back and decided that uh, fitness was an area I wanted to get into. Now, everybody who's, who's their own boss has to kind of be 
a little bit out there. Uh, you've done so many different things. <laughs> How have you decided that this is the right way for you? I mean, you're you're a serial entrepreneur, I have to put it to you. I bet that sounds like an allegation in a courtroom, but I charge that you, Kevin Kennedy, are a serial entrepreneur. Uh, I mean, I suppose I am. I, I'm never a big fan of that term. I just like to think that if there's an opportunity out there, I'm, I, I suppose I'm a little bit risky, that I, I see white space and I like to see, you know, what can we do with this? So with the fitness business, um, I got into CrossFit very early on and I knew this was going to be a very big thing. I knew it was, it was interesting, it was exciting. It was something that was bringing people together and making them healthy. And we and I jumped into that and it's been in a fantastic eight years. And then the food space has been a greater jump, I think because what we can do with food is so much bigger than what I could do with just a gym. What is it in your psyche, though, that, that compels you to keep going? You know, change it up, take the risks, look oh. for the new challenge. Uh, the mix of creativity and getting bored. Um, and, I, and definitely something that I've been pulled at in school, like I, I would have got bored easy enough. So you get bored about every seven years. You go, I'm bored. I need something new. Susie Horgan, how bored have you been over the years? <laughs> Goodness. Uh, well, mine isn't as interesting as Kevin's story. Um, so I set up Springboard PR Marketing five years ago. Um, I had been working as a consultant before that, and I've been in PR and marketing for, do I have to say how long? You do. <laughs> Nearly 20 years. Nearly 20 years. Uh, giving, giving my age away. But um, I, um, so yeah, I always kind of knew I'd um, start my own business. And how easy a decision was that for you? Because you mentioned that you, you, you were working with a company, then you were a consultant, and then you had to take the plunge. A difficult decision, presumably, because by my reckoning, the economy wasn't going great at the time. No, it wasn't ideal timing. And if, if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, would I have done it? Probably not. Probably a degree of naivety, to be honest, um, and just kind of assumption it would work out. I I don't know what that is. I suppose determination maybe. I just um I just knew I wanted to grow something, have my own business and um build a business with a certain culture and I, it was something that I just really wanted to do. You say I w looking back would I have done it again probably not. That I hear that a lot from people I interview on this podcast. Um and I wonder is that part of the psyche that you know it was, God, look at the mistakes I made and, and the, the pitfalls. Is that not part of the learning experience to think of being an entrepreneur? No, 100%. I say it kind of tongue-in-cheek because realistically, if I hadn't gone through what I went through, I wouldn't be where I am now. I still have a lot to learn, a long way to go. But, you know, um, um, it's it's you do have to go through ups and downs. It's the nature of anything. Right. And any, I you know, if I have friends or colleagues who are talking about going out on their own, I'm 100% encourage them. But I also say, you know, there will be hard days and you have to be ready for those hard days. And you can't let those define you because there will be really good days too. I want to just finish up this panel discussion by asking you, what is the one bit of advice that you would give to people above all else if they are starting their own business? And I'm going to go first of all to you, Kevin. Does the customer care? That's it. You, you got to find something that someone wants to pay money for. So really, no matter how good the idea, and I've had loads of them, I have books of them, but which one does the actual person care enough about to hand over some money? And that's the bottom line. Okay. Yeah. Does the customer care is good advice. Uh, Susie? Honesty. Always be honest. Be honest with your customer. Be honest with your staff. Be You know, don't try and uh, be something you're not. Um, and especially when you're managing a team, um, I would say honesty is paramount. And Eamon? 
Yeah, I'll probably pick up just Kevin's point on the customer and, and maybe develop it slightly. I think it's about developing a robust business plan, business model. Uh, what I would see with, with many of the folks that will approach me is they're coming in with a product idea or a service idea. But the early challenge is to flip that around. So it's it's less about what is the business going to do and more about who's it going to do it for. So who are the customers? What's their problem? How big a problem is it for them? How much are they prepared to pay for a solution? And how many of those customers exist? And it's a, it's a process of research, interviews, surveys and experimentation to prove out the answers to those questions. I think time invested in that part of it earlier on will pay big dividends as the business is, is developed after that. Well, there will be people listening now who will be starting their business. Some will succeed, some will fail, but over time they will get incomes out of it and they will employ people and they'll do all the great things that you guys have been doing over time. Susie Horgan of Springboard PR, uh, Kevin Kennedy, owner of CrossFit Cork and A New Dairy. A New Dairy, very good. You're wearing the hat in front of me. It's very hard not to say it. And uh, Eamon Curtin, director of the Ignite programme in UCC. Thank you all very much for joining us on Red business. Thank you. Thank you. My thanks to all my guests and to Neve Hennessy for helping put it all together. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or on redfm.ie. We'll catch you on the next one. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB. Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompuB.com.